0: Hello and welcome to this week's Sports Girls podcast. Well, I'm delighted to be joined this evening by our regular pundit, Adrian O'Sullivan, and also by Tipperary dual star, Sarah Friday. Good evening, guys. Hi, there. Hi, Listen, Camogie Fixtures, guys, felt the full wrath of Storm Care over the weekend. But do not fear, we have plenty to talk about. Sully, so the third level Camogie competitions this weekend... U L are in the Ashburn Cup semi final where they play WIT. Sarah, you have won the Ashburn Cup with U L. Like how important of a competition is it?
1: I yeah, uh, like um it's it's a massive competition for girls at that age level. Like a lot of them look sometimes it can be the break get through to their intercounty um in that regard that very much that I believe in every kind of college team you can come in with no kind of back or or anything behind you and it's a clean sheet and you can get kind of give it your all so from a player's point of view you always see these girls arise that never played on an intercounty team before and all of a sudden they're in an Ashburn final and for years after that they're with their county team so it's definitely a good um benchmark uh, and a starting place for a lot of players but for that as well like i suppose like it's an off season from an intercounty and club point of view for majority of players so you're kind of getting in from out of college and training with this group of girls and um, off ra- round on trips on the bus to all parts of the country and really kind of forming a, a, a bond and you're probably living with these girls and spending every week and day down in college and then lettering each other at the weekends when you're playing in league games and different things so it's, uh, it's a definitely a special bond that you're building up all the time with girls that you'd probably be used to playing against and now you're living with them you're playing alongside them and it's definitely something very, very special from my own point of view. I've played enough years of it anyway. So I I know um, myself, it was definitely some of the best years of Komogi that um, I've ever played. And it definitely, if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have a whole pile of silverware. i will put it you that way as well. <laughs> well,
0: that's the good thing about it. In recent years... You know, the media coverage of it has gotten so good because when you look at um, the Sickerson Cup everyone knows about the Sigurdsson Cup and the Fitzgibbon Cup but in recent years you've had the ladies with the O'Connor Cup and now more and more people are hearing about the Ashburn Cup
1: the likes of um, the professionalism that's like brought in on the teams, I think, like surely you'll agree with that. Like, you could definitely the two of us have been uh, coach and player uh, alongside each other. Like, and the professionalism is serious, and that's definitely adding to it. It's
2: good this year as well that UPMC are sponsors. I suppose it's important to give them a shout out as well because the the Ashburn was trailing along there for a while, and like. It's, it's a massive competition, then, but the CCO is only run by a couple of people, and Jennifer and Michelle are, are savage, and they've got the sponsors on board this year, and WIT have really rode in behind it, and they're hosting it and got the sponsor involved and everything, so. Even this week now, the CCO were releasing the, the panels for the, for the parcel of the Ashburn yeah. and everything. So, it's definitely the profile of it has gone up. And, like, I suppose what many people don't realise, if you're, you're a casual commodity observer, I suppose, is that any of the four teams playing in the Ashburn this weekend will be a top four county if they played in the Ireland in the series in the summer. Like, it's a serious standard. And, like, these teams would regularly hammer the, hammer the county teams, maybe outside of the top three in challenge matches all over the winter. So, like, it, it really is a different level of competition to maybe watching WIT at other times of the year, you know?
0: Sully, we won't put you on too much pressure because of your game against yeah. WIT. You know what they're about and everything. The other semi-final, yeah. UCC against DCU. Yeah,
2: look, I don't mind talking about the Ashburn. Obviously, I'm not going to make any predictions or because I'm involved yeah. in it, but... Not like you. I'm passionate. I, yeah, no, but I'd be passionate about the competition because mm. I think it's... Like, Sarah nailed it there. It's, it's a really special, special competition. And, like... I can only speak of our own experience. So we've in Mary O' one year as well. But like every college that's going to that, are in the same position as what Sarah said. They're hanging around together every day. They're going to class together. If they're not in class, they're hanging out in the bars and cafes, having coffee and they're training. And like it's it's different to anything you've ever experienced. And for us, obviously not for WIT because they're the host, but for ourselves, mm. Cork and and Dublin next weekend. Like going down for the weekend and if you're lucky enough to win the first day, having the two games over the weekend and staying in the hotel and the little things that go with that and the crack you have, it's, it's a really special, special competition aside from the, the quality of the players that are, uh, that are on show. Like I think the, the team lists were released today and t shirt's to who's who of players, like it's, it's actually scary about the amount of talent that's going to be on the field on Saturday. And if there's anyone around Waterford, I definitely encourage them to go down and see it. It's, it's well worth going to, going to have a look at, you know. Sully,
0: would you say this competition has helped you?
2: Well, I suppose I'm the manager in UL, and definitely, probably one of the stupidest things I ever did was agree to take over a team that had won three in a row. Hey,
1: <laughs> um, yeah, you're not going so bad, Sully, either.
2: <laughs> it's an interesting dynamic. i tell you, the, the first night we came down training, sure, and there it was one of the culprits. They all rocked down wearing their Ashburn jerseys from the year before, and I think it was very much a case that they were marking their territories, you know, knew like who the number 12 and 14 were and who was who number 5 last year. They, they were afraid they wouldn't be known. They were all definitely marking their territory.
0: Did you have some kind of initiation for uh, Sully, so, you know, his, his first time, which is no?
1: Ah, do nothing that we could be saying now anyway. We'll all right.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know, but definitely, as, look, as a manager, I suppose, um, it it's really helped, like, you're just surrounded by so many professional people that are really the best at what they do like I suppose all the college the same like we're lucky in UL it's a very, very much a sporting campus and you have access to just the top facilities everything yeah. want you want UL sport really look after it. and like I suppose to be fair to them players like they'd done it all before and I hadn't and I suppose I had to raise my standards to match what they had set before so um, yeah it's definitely helped and I suppose the the network of people that you that you get to meet around the place and that you could obviously go on to future jobs with and stuff has, has been good as well and like the, the I suppose the calibre of people they're competing against I suppose the in 2018 when UL won it I was involved with like the UCC management was Wesley O'Brien and Niall McCarthy and like they won the Fitzgibbon last year and are in the final game this year like WIT this weekend have Tommy Shefflin as their manager and he's just won the last two our learning club Berlin Championships with Ballyhale, like so it's like it's a serious competition like it's not you know, So it's, it's just it's, it's top top level in every way from the players to the management to everything preparation it's, it's just it's well, top top, top regarded, so. yeah.
0: well that's exactly what it is when you see as you said Sully about you know the sponsors come on board shows you like that the third level people that run the competition they want to make something big of it we mentioned you playing under Mr. O'Sullivan what was he like Sarah? you can be honest you can be honest <laughs> i know the, the the lads are
1: super like anytime you stayed under them, since like my i played two years with two years fully with you yeah
2: yeah
1: two yeah so it was four years for that as well like it just it's the professionalism that's brought through with the what i noticed it was actually my first kind of real look at a professional setup and that's coming from an inter-county side uh club side anything but the ul setup was so so professional and Sully definitely, like, carried that on. Like, you know, there'd never be anything, no stone left unturned in that regard. Um, and, and a good management team in alongside that you can kind of have the discussion as well. Like, you're not leaving everything kind of to yourself. You know, like, he's caught the van, Neve Ryan, um, lots of people in there helping him out. Like, you know, you need that kind of as a management uh, to be able to look to people and, you know, you can't see everything for yourself. You need to be able to step back and say, did you see the same thing as I'm seeing there or something different? And I don't think something's probably be the first day you never mind asking yeah. for, like, help or guidance in that regard. And that's like massive for a manager. You just can't have tunnel vision on your own side of things. And
2: that yeah, thing. A part, no, is a that, is that okay, Sully? Is that what you want to say? Yeah, that's what we've done before we go on. Uh, no, but I uh, caught a need, like, you know, I suppose, like it is, 2020 and all this. and I don't know if sometimes I think they just look at it at an elite level, but I suppose I was reading an article today about uh, French rugby and how oh, they think it's only a matter of time before women start coaching men's teams in French rugby and stuff like that. But you only have to look at Saturday. Yeah. Example. Like as, as Sarah said there, Cotter Van Eve, Roy and Sheila Moynihan play a huge part in, in coaching and preparing and the UL team. Iona Heffernan, the ex-Waterford player, plays a huge part in, in preparing the WIT team. And like Jody you know, the O'Connor Cup is the same. Fiona McHale, even though she's back claimed, UL you now would have coached UL to a couple of O'Connor Cups and stuff like that. So definitely in the college game, the idea of, uh, of female coaches, um, operating at a high level has already happened, you also know? I suppose it's only a matter of time before, um, before that filters out into the, into the intercounty game, I suppose, whether at main and, uh, from and. you see,
1: Darcy was helping out with Wexford and, yeah. Yeah. and Downey going in with Kilkenny club team as well. So there's a lot of yeah. happening
2: there. I know, yeah, no, definitely.
0: Understood. Sarah, Sully so mentioned UL and the facilities that they have are just second to none. And you see like intercounty football teams and soccer teams and people go down there. Was that something that really helped you being able to have access to that?
1: Yeah, definitely. Like you thought, like from a pitch point of view, you have the North Camps at your disposal, and now in the last two years, you have the new Maguires pitches, which is two Astros and a field pitch like that's at your disposal. You have your nights uh, for training, and then alongside that as well, you have um uh, an elite gym there that we have full access to as well. So as a player, like it, you have everything at your disposal, no matter if you're male, female, football, hurling, whatever it is. And that definitely, like, you only have to get on the phone to some of the lads in the office and they'll sort you out with any way they can and help and the pool alongside it, everything. So it definitely nearly had a, a professional feel to it when you were playing down there because all, you were never left wanting, like, you had everything. And I suppose from a UL point of view, there's a fair few of us that would have been playing with um Tipperary as well. And we definitely, I'd, I'd imagine, brought that kind of, what standards we had gotten in UL to an inter-county team which is a lot to say from a a college to bring to an inter-county team Um, and definitely standards were brought up from that from what we expected from what we had received because that was probably the first that we saw of it and it's definitely coming from um, managers and trainers like Sully and Paddy Carey and all these people who have, have been there before that expected this and got it, and now we're used to it, and now that's what we're expecting, and that's the way it should be. Yeah, good point.
2: You'd be, you'd be hoping, I suppose. It, the dynamic in the in the women's game is probably a bit different to the lads game, and that I suppose the lads get so well treated at county that maybe the the college doesn't match their expectations of what of what or not doesn't match but it's probably something similar to what they've been used to before whereas I suppose like when you look at the Ashburn like you'd be hoping that uh, the likes of the DCU players WIT players will go back to their counties and drive the standards of County Camogie based on the way they've been treated and I suppose our our, uh, approach to it is that we just want to open the girls' eyes to what is possible out there um, and that that they don't accept the lower standards uh, if they go back to their counties. And look, the counties have improved a huge amount in the last in the last four or five years. They're so not slating them either, but it's just it definitely does help drive its slow. We still haven't answered your question, Dee. You're asking us for predictions for the weekend and stuff, but I suppose like if people are thinking of going down to Waterford on, on Saturday, like in in our game, I suppose like WIT, like last year when we were doing the the reviews of games here, we kept talking about Ashley and Brennan from Offaly, how impressive she was, and she'll be with WIT. Neve Tracy from Tipperary. Uh, Daniel Marcy, the Kikini corner forward. Um, Shauna Quirk, who is into like Sarah, she's nearly more Ashburn campaigns than Sarah if they had finished her 56th <laughs> one. Um, as well, so uh, like Joanne Dillon from Wexford, they have a, they have a savage outfit. Uh, UCC, um, I suppose traditionally the college, I suppose it'll always be a little bit more Cork based. they have Chloe Sigerson, Orla Cronin, um, playing with them. They've uh, a player, Sarah I know as well, Quiva Perdue, the, the hockey player. Um, we'll be playing with them as well she's definitely one to look out for for the future I think she, if if Tip can get her on the field much, the hockey commitments are massive we've seen it ourselves over the years but um, she's a big star of the future DCU Sarah O'Connor from Wexford one of the O'Connor Clans from St Martins top class Ava Linsky who was one of the soaring stars in the Intermediate Championship last year for Galway Kellyanne Doyle has been a regular midfield for, for Kilkenny over the last couple of years and they had four or five of their players named to start for Kilkenny in the game that was postponed at the weekend so they're all top class, I suppose, ourselves. We might be a bit unusual in that, I suppose. We're probably lesser-known players. Obviously, Beth Carton is a dual all-star. She'll be known to the to casual Camogie Observers. But um, we kind of tend... I suppose we have a lot of players from maybe Clare, Limerick, um, and Tipperary that maybe haven't got the national line like just yet uh, due to their counties maybe not making the breakthrough the same way that Cork, and Kinney, um, and Galway have. But... Um, yeah look the four teams it's going to be a really top class competition um, and there's an interesting very interesting uh, games coming into parcel as well like CIT and UCD are both very very strong would probably have competed well in the Ashburn um, and they have some serious players playing with them as well so it's going to be a class weekend to come.
0: we won't ask for your prediction Sarah but how do you think the two games are going to go
1: um, like like always it definitely always comes down to the wire and the grit and I, I must say for the last however many years I actually haven't seen many other games are the ones that I've played in but like from what I've heard like and ones I've played in it's been grit and the, the weather conditions is massive when it comes to Ashburn like you never have this image in your head of this Lovely free flowing, hard, uh, ground, ball moving really fast. Like that doesn't come into play when you think aspirin. It's, um, it's really like whoever wants it most. And that's what it comes down to on today, on the day. And I think that's what makes it so exciting as well for a player, spectator, manager or whatever that it's literally, um, girls going 100% at it, and um, alongside all their friends that are after making through this, uh, the few years in college, um, to get to the next day. Like, When you're in college, all you're talking about is that weekend. And everybody knows, no matter what time of year it is, whether it's June, July, August, when you say that weekend in third-level Camogie, it's the Ashburn weekend. So to get to that Saturday, um, uh, and then with the the buzz of getting through that, please God, as a player, all you're doing is driving forward and ready for Sunday. You're running on adrenaline at that bit. So from a spectator's point of view, you're kind of nearly feeding into that as well, because they're usually in kind of close environments where you can really get involved um, in the play. Um, so it, it's definitely very, very exciting uh, from that point of view. Like the whole uh, adrenaline of the weekend feeds yeah. into from a, a spectator's point of view as well.
0: No pressure on you, Sully. What's preparation like this week?
2: Ah, look, I suppose you're kind of keeping it light this hmm. weekend, or this week really, I suppose. Um like last weekend I suppose the games were called off, so that probably took a little bit of the pressure off the players from recovery point of view. Um same same for all four teams. We won't do a whole pile though this week. Um like you know, it's, I suppose a bit of the narrative around on, on Twitter and stuff like that as UL are going for five and a row. I don't really believe in that in college sport, in any in any sport really. No, so but just the turnover yeah. players is massive, like yeah. you know, so like we probably lost nine of last year's team, so you might have six maybe that played last year and you might have a couple going for four medals and you might have a few going for three and two and there's no one going for five and it's, it doesn't really make any difference, you know. So, like, we really just encourage the players to, to enjoy the week. Like, it's a unique sport and experience um, to embrace it, to spend as much time with each other as they possibly can because when it's gone, you, like, you really miss it. As a manager or as a player, um, it leaves a real hole in your life. Like as Sarah said there, once you come back to college in September, everything you're doing is geared towards February. And, like, I think Sarah mentioned it there a while ago, like you have to think of everything from weather conditions yeah. to the bounce of a ball to to whatever to getting the hotel right, get everything right, you need everything to go your way to win one. So like we don't focus on the outcome, we just focus on letting the players enjoy it and look, if they perform to their best, if they're good enough they'll win it and if they're not, they're not. And the best team usually in the Ashburn, the best the best squad will come out on top um on the Sunday evening because you'll need twenty, twenty four players to to get over the line over the two days and whoever has the best squad will win it so yeah that's it really just for the week to get them just to relax to get the new players to not get too nervous about it the first years and stuff like that just to embrace it enjoy it and go out and do their best and look if they're good enough they're good enough and if they're not we'll try again. and we'll try again next year
1: it's very exciting as well from, like, the two, ch- like, there's DC where they're massively coming in, as you can't be an underdog. UCC mm-hmm. are massively hurting from the last few years, like, there's no, um questioning, uh, their, their ambition for the weekend that's coming. And then, of course, WIT, you can't take away the advantage of being at home. Um, surrounded uh, by by all your college, your people nearby are, are going to see it as well. Having home advantages massive. So there's loads and loads um, to talk about and be excited for for this weekend um, with uh, lots and lots of bites definitely currently.
0: Well I'm looking forward to it and I have to say now you guys have sold it. Sarah, mm-hmm. you suffered the dreaded cruciate ligament injury. Every player reacts to being out of the game with a serious injury differently. How did you react?
1: Um, well, (laughs) first time round, I suppose, um, I was very much like, uh, I suppose, it was at a different stage of the championship as well. We were playing Kilkenny inside in Semple Stadium um, in the second last round of championship and we were kind of nearly knocked out at that stage. So kind of hanging my head for a while, but once I, I I kind of always said like, give yourself two weeks to kind of moan about it and then you have to kind of get on with it. There's no, there's no good um, dwelling on it so got into it, got very much stuck into the rehab and got myself back into a fairly good condition and I was really really happy like really excited to get back into play uh, so I kind of then this this time around so I did my second one four weeks ago um, th- against Cork in a challenge match and I suppose this time it's completely different because it's it's the mental side of things that really kick in I was, I
0: had because you know what is ahead of you is that it?
1: It is, but it's also like, I suppose, this time was kind of uh, uh, worse in a sense that I had this summer lined out for myself that I kind of only had dared dream about um, a while ago that I would be anticipating playing Bokmogi and football. Um, really, really excited, was probably at the fittest and strongest that I have been in a number of years. And most importantly than anything, I was enjoying it so, so much, um, the hurling and the football. So that was probably the sucker this time that I felt like I was at my best. I put myself in the absolute best position, but still, bad luck had hit me and it happened again. So I suppose you're kind of thinking, why me? Why did it happen again? Then in the back of your head, as you've said, you have to go through that rehab again. You're, you're sidelined again. You're looking at your friends going training. You're looking at your friends going out on the good side of the whitewash. And you kind of just have to bite your lip and get on with it. Like Because no matter if you're number one to if you're on the sideline like you're part of a team and they're your friends at the end of the day you've grown up with them and, and you want to be part of it but obviously you want to be on the good side of the whitewash but definitely this time around I was trying to take my own advice I suppose and mm. give myself two weeks kind of to whine and moan and everything and then get on with it so I suppose four weeks later now I'm definitely in a lot better space um, headspace, but it did take me a while to kind of get over it again but this, I'm getting my operation on Friday and at this stage now I'm just looking to, to be back stronger than ever when I come back I suppose I was looking into like chatting to a few different people um, Anya Ty from Neachum she's over playing AFL, AFL she's, yeah. after doing her sec- she's after doing her second knee as well And I know Anya from college as well um, uh, Coruscant and I've been reading a good few of her um, articles of the injuries that she's went through and you know reading kind of what those players and talking to those players and seeing what they've been through and, and they've come out the good side of it like and look at the two girls like they're at the peak of their career so definitely like it's uh, in my mindset now is just get over the operation and every day after that is a day getting stronger and better and back in for pre-season next year please God.
0: Mentally though that's the big thing and Sully as a manager how do you react to the players or or how do you help those players?
2: Mm, yeah you, you, you leave them alone for the first two weeks mm. and it's there <laughs> <laughs> I know um, yeah look it's very difficult I suppose there's a lot more awareness now of the, the impact it has on people mentally uh, the advice I try to give to players and unfortunately like there and a few more there's been a few that have happened kind of close enough to our setup and stuff like that in, in the last couple of months and I suppose what you want the person to realise is that there's more to them than sport and it can be tough I suppose John uh, draw like, draw Sayre is probably known in Tipperary as the, as the Camogie player or, or whatever it's the same for any any player. Um, and you can kind of almost see yourself as that, as, as the Kogi player. and if that's taken away from you, you can maybe feel that there's a bit of a gap in your life or that, that, that your self-worth is maybe down and I suppose you'd be just trying to encourage people to realise that there's more to them than than just being an athlete, that you know, they've more going on in their life, that they're a work colleague to someone, they're a, they're a family member to someone that they draw to every to have X, Y and Z going on in their life, it's just to, to see the bigger picture I suppose and it can, it can be very difficult because if they are if you're in that sporting bubble and it's taken away from you, I know it's like, you know yourself coaching there, even when, when the season ends and stuff like that, it leaves a massive, massive void in your life. Um, so yeah, so that would be the advice that you'd kind of give from the management point of view is just to realize that there's more going on in your life than, than just being an athlete without, without making it sound like it's a trivial thing. But, um, it's like from a coaching point of view, I suppose obviously the injuries don't really affect you, but, um, I think, like, I suppose I, I do, I've done a lot of work the last couple of years trying to, like, separate my self work from the results I get as a coach. But it can be very easy that, you know, when, when things are going well on the field, sure, you think you're on top of the world. And then when, when things are going well, not going well on the yeah. field, sure, you, you think, you think you're absolutely worthless. And I suppose it's, uh, to, to try and just unlink that and, like, I suppose realise that there's more to life than sport as much as it doesn't feel, feel like that, uh, sometimes, you know, I think, yeah, maybe, I think I know,
1: that's solid advice.
2: Yeah. I don't know what you maybe feel about it there, but like I found this year in particular, like say, once we finished up with Clonkill, like I'd never experienced anything like it. Clonkill's a really small parish in West Neade, and there's literally nothing there, only the Herlam field. And like we got to the county final and on the Thursday night the whole parish turned up for training. I, I couldn't believe it. Right? Like the place is wedged, right? And we won the county final on Sunday and just like everyone's clapping on the back, shaking your hand. You oh, know, you have to win the county championship and we played Ballyhale two weeks later and you've T.J. Reid Adrian Mullen placed Cusick Park 4,000 people and then you're beaten and on Tuesday like I'm in a pharmacy in Ballyferma talking to that about the price of Panadol and it's just like he said to me yeah the thing he really said to me he's like what's wrong with you today you're not yourself I was like no offence but this is the last place in the world I want to be today <laughs> and like it's just it's so hard like when, when that finishes like it leaves a gap and I used to think like going back over the years that say draw you'd be half depressed like, I shouldn't use that word trivially but draw you, know, you would be half depressed after losing a game or whatever you'd be like ah, cop on yourself it's just losing then I realised like we started winning a bit and a couple of weeks after you win something you feel the same way and it's just like there's something very special about being part of something that's bigger than yourself like that like draw you know, say we go down to the weekend now between everyone there's 45 of us going down to Watford on Saturday and like to be part of that going Joe, you know, getting on the bus and everyone together trying to achieve the same thing like that's just it's it's really hard to replicate that elsewhere in your life and I think it's dealing with, with that when it's gone is, is the difficult part I think I love what you think about that Sarah is that something that kind of yeah no that's with
1: yeah no it definitely is like um, it's obviously a massive as you said like it's obviously a massive part of like your upbringing I suppose especially like mm-hmm. from my point of view like when you were walking you had a Harley in your hand and it was just built in around growing up but I did my first cruciate. Yeah. Um I went volunteering for a summer and that was something that I'd always wanted to do but I suppose sport kinda of got in the way in a sense that I never felt I had the time or anything. And then the year after when I was back playing I, I went again. So I suppose that's kind of touching on what you're saying, Fully, is that like the, for me there I realised that there was there's more there's more to it. Like there's more to life than going out to your summers and doing whatever. So I was trying to amalgamate the two. Um, In that regard, and it's definitely something that I do still stick, uh, do still fully believe in that. Like you have to be happy in your life outside of it as well, because when you when you do go share lows or highs with the team, like you need to be able to to revert back to that and switch off in a sense. But there's no uh, denying that it is a massive part of um, what you're doing, and like it's your group of friends. Like for me, I've been playing since I was what age? Like my best friends are the girls I play inter county team when they're going training on Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. I feel like I have pure fear of missing out now like when I'm not there with them like in that regard but I do definitely um, still I'm really back to like my own advice that I was saying like having kind of a, a different perspective now like from Taking time out, and literally only last night I got a quarter life crisis, and I decided that I was taking off the guitar. So that's my new thing now. For, for this, uh, we
0: we'll see you busking now around the country.
1: Yeah, I'm only I'm only on the two cards now, doing a bit of strumming at the minute. So I, I I'm only just about there. So maybe in nine months' time, you can ask me. You
0: mentioned volunteering. You mentioned the volunteering. Would you do that? Is there something that you would do again? You know, now that you have the time, or.
1: Yeah, i've done it three times since since 2016 so this would if i was, if i was thinking about going again this summer it'd be my fourth time and it's definitely like 100 percent something now that's a part of my 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 life like in that regard like i was even thinking recently like it only took me like i was saying give myself the kind of two weeks to wallow and then i was like right what's next kind of a thing and i was looking into where i could go or what i could do and it's definitely something now that I 100% I can say that I will be doing it again. When I was in Uganda for the last three years, like I've, every time I come home, I'm like, it's not the last time, like I'll be back. Yeah. Whether it's going to be this year or next year, whenever like it is something that's part of what I'm doing now and part of me, so I will be going back again. It's uh, it's something very special when you become part of something like that. And as Sully was saying, when you go to a place like that, like you're you're not no one knows me as to like sport or anything like that. It's Sarah the teacher, Sarah the friend, Sarah the yes. person who kicks the soccer ball with me. Sarah does. Do you know this kind of a thing? Like you're you're a lot more than what you think you are um, here in Tiberi here in Connolly, and. It's really nice, uh, because then people, when you come home, start seeing that side of you as well. Um, so it's, it, people are always surprised by, uh, when sports people do more than just, sports yeah. and stuff like that. And I think it's so important, like, just to, uh, for me anyway, like, I always, I, I love challenging myself and doing new things. Like, at the start of the year, I was like, I want to start driving and I went driving and I was like, that was something that I never <laughs> would have done, like, a few years ago. I'm the same.
0: So, That's what I want to do
1: yeah it's cool like you know like something different Ste- stepping outside
0: your comfort zone And um, have you always been like this have I yeah or is it just Not something really. that the last kind of... yeah
1: no it was literally since I did my yeah. first cruise ship in 2016 I kind of just started doing new things but sport's definitely a, definitely a central part of it all like I've said but I kind of tried to see as Bully has said a different side a different side too like different areas that I want to kind of go like I was up last night and there was sixteen year old coming out against me from guitar lessons and she was unbelievable and I was walking in not even knowing how to hold it like I was like this is so embarrassing but once you get into the swing of it then you're like, no what it was worth it. It's always the first step that kind of makes it that little bit hard but once once the the thought of everything is always the worst and everybody will say that, whether it's going for a gym session or going to for your first guitar lesson, the thought is always the worst, but doing it then is um is no problem at all.
0: Yes, Sully, sometimes sport can in some ways, take over our lives and as you said and Sarah's are right, you know, we have to kind of have a distance.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's like, especially if you're, like it's ruthless, I suppose. The biggest lesson I got this year was uh like at the end of the year at Westmead how they treated Joe and like after everything we'd done and like, do you know, it was, a, it was a tough trek all year. I found it difficult, like, all year. You're leaving home 4 o'clock uh, of, a, of a Friday evening. You're getting home at 1 o'clock in the morning after a four-hour round trip and training. And, so you know, they kind of discarded Joe without a second thought, really. And it's kind of like, you know, what was really the point of that? Like, you know, I've no real affinity to Westmead.
0: And it's not like soccer. You're not and getting the money. You're
2: getting absolutely nothing, yeah. like, you know. And it's just like, what is the point of this? And that was a real kind of a eureka moment for me. It was like, you know, what. I'm gonna pick and choose carefully. Teams I get involved with here now, and, and make sure I throw myself to the right people. And there's more to this, and but like you, like at times you get into this bubble, and like you know, I've missed like important birthday parties. Like I missed my mother's 60th for a match. I missed, you know, you miss different things. I can't be like yeah. too conscious this year, and the misses, and like you know, just because games are scheduled for a Saturday instead of yeah. Sunday, they're supposed to be on a Sunday. And, I suppose it can be hard as well If the people around you That are close to you Aren't involved It can be hard from To understand why you're doing it And, and stuff like that But like, what they're saying there like it's important, like not to get too caught up in it. Like we lost the, the Joe McDonough final in uh, in Crow Park. and my five year old nephew all he wanted to do after was to come out onto the field, so I took him out onto the field, and sure he was filling his pockets with grass, and his mother was, he was, he was picking grass. You've his all done that. after it, but like he didn't care whether yeah. whether we won or lost. Like he just wanted to be out in the field with his uncle, and it didn't matter to him whether we, so. Like he didn't think any different to me because we won or lost there if there was a trophy there it might have sparkled a bit it might have caught his attention but that would be about it you know so I suppose those kind of things make you realise like the people that are close to you see you so much more and it, it's it's very easy to get caught up in the whole sports thing and look it's a massive benefit it teaches you so much about life and everything like that but like I think it's there to be enjoyed along with everything else as opposed to dominating everything else I think is the is the key message for yeah players, definitely so. enjoyment
1: is 100% like if you start and I always say that to people now The minute you start losing sight of enjoyment in the game is when you need to take a step back and question what you're doing. And whether that means taking a break and kind of reassessing what's going on here or having a chat with someone or having a chat with yourself. But losing sight of the enjoyment is just, it can't happen when you're, like you're playing sports to enjoy it. It's not, it shouldn't be something that is putting you under pressure or going home stressed about it or feeling, just feeling down about it. Like it has to be something that, you need to be releasing those good endorphins and feeling good when you come home. And if you start losing sight of that enjoyment, you, you need to take a step back, I'd be saying.
0: Do you find, Sarah, though, in recent years, there's been more pressure put on, especially inter-county players, like you've been there with both the football and the camogie?
1: Yeah, there is like to a certain extent, especially um, like from where we're pushing ourselves to get mm. to this um, 2020 vision, and we want to uh, perform when we get in front of the stage to show people that we're, we're training hard, we're doing, we're doing all the sim- similar things to, to the hurlers and the footballers. Um, but we feel that pressure then maybe when it gets to the stage where we're performing and are we going to such a high standard? Are we showcasing ourselves at the best? And I think that's felt in every kind of play, whether it's, um, officials like referees are probably feeling that players are feeling management are feeling that. Um and I do think it's probably going to take a while, like, to settle into that, being used to being at the uh, center stage of different yeah. things, but I, I don't know, I don't mind, like, I think pressure is a good thing, like, it can, it can make you kind of, uh, rise above it then, and we kind of need to get used to it. If we're looking to be, um at the, at these double headers, uh, on television, um being part of these press releases, all this kind of thing, we have to be able to, perform under this pressure. And the more we w- were rising to it, the more we win And I don't, I don't think there's any, like, maybe from, like, as Tony said, I, I totally would see maybe how girls or people could get caught up with, um, the pressure point of view of missing family events and that. And that's just something that I've 100% clamped down on myself, um, recently. Like, even with the football and camogie this year, like, I had it straight away in my head, Shane and, um, Phil, who were both very understanding, like, that, I wasn't going to be letting myself get burnt out, um, or miss, um, and really important milestones in like my with my family and different things like that. And they were straight away like Bill was the first person to say to me like, "There's more to it." Like, and when I wanted to go to Uganda, he was just like. I respect that, go for it. Just don't be expected to walk back into the team when you come home. So I think that everybody's grown, be it player, yeah. manager, or whatever, and we're trying to find that right balance in between. And I do I do think it's going in the right direction. So I think it's definitely something that we're all conscious of. Um but not in a bad way, I don't think. Personally myself, I don't I don't see it, uh, the pressure as a bad thing.
0: And I think if we're honest with each other as well, you know, you were honest there with the management team about what you want what you want to do, but they said to you, you know, you're not gonna walk straight back into the team, and if you can go to talk to someone Sully, and if you can be honest with your management or your players, it kind of, maybe, you know, kind of takes the pressure off.
2: Yeah, it does, of course. Like, any, it, it's been rare enough it happened now, but any time, so you get players come say, oh, I'm going to America for summer. Enjoy it, lad, best of luck. If I was 21 mm. again, I'd go as well. So, like, at the end of the day, <laughs> I don't know, maybe I've just been very deep, though, but like, <laughs> You know, you only get one chance to go to yeah. these kind of places. You'll be hurling for the next 15 years. And you know what, like, you get very little thanks for it at the end of your career, most lads, unless you're, unless you're the top, top level. You know, uh, maybe that maybe it's just been a bit cynical, I suppose, but.
0: No, I think yeah, Sully, so in recent years, I think, as we life. get older, yeah. I think as we get older, and well, I think things are happening as well in our life, and, and other things are happening, and you do realise, you know, life is what you make of it, and I know we love sport and that, but you know, just go out and live it and do what you want to do.
2: Yeah but I suppose as, as a nation I suppose we're kind of we're only coming to terms with this kind of life balance concept I suppose in the last couple of years um, you know and I suppose in small parishes it can be hard for lads uh, I suppose the expectation is there that you know, you're, you know you're from the parish and you know your grandfather and your father played and yeah. you stay around and play for 15 years as well and it's kind of but I think that attitude is very much changing. And like we were training tonight, now when Paul Flanagan was there with us, and he does a bit of the kind of the the sports psychology with us and stuff. He's a Clare hurler, and like he's just back from a trip around the world as well. And sure, look, he's probably the same as what there. While he'll go back in, and maybe he'll find it hard to get back into the panel. But like one thing's for sure, he'd be enjoying his hurling because he's gone away and done his travelling. And look, if he doesn't make the team this summer, sure so he make it next summer? You yeah. know, it's like it's not the end of the world. It's just like get that balance. I think managers are slowly but surely. Um, coming around to that kind of way, I think, and, and like, there's still a few old school lads out there, like. But yeah. I think the the younger generation of managers coming through understand it and get it. And look, I think, like, I'd always say that if you're, if you're getting on a bus to go to a championship game, you're better off with 20 players who want to be there, and yeah. it than 30 players where 10 of them feel that they're forced to be there or don't want to be there. So you're you're as well off to to have the happy camp, you know.
0: You mentioned that last year in Longford, there was so much made of one of the Longford players, Darren Galler. Actually, from my club, he went off. He wants to go to America. It was his opportunity. And earlier that year, a lot of people are kind of from from the club were saying he's going to miss the local championship. And then, unfortunately, we had a tragedy where one of our young lads passed away suddenly, and everyone was saying, "Gally, go off, enjoy it." you've only got one life exactly. and you know and I think it's, it's, yeah I think that, that, I think that's yeah. what it's that's what it's all about and especially in Gaelic football and Harlan and Camogie we're, we're just tight knit community and when something like that happens you know and we do get annoyed over people kind of leaving on that but something else happens and you're like they're going no listen we're too small yeah. to do that you know we have to get together
2: It's unrealistic because I think, yeah. a lot of fraud there about Cotton McShane thinking of going to Tyrone or oh. going to Australia and then it's coming back i yeah. talking about Sh- Sarah Rojo there she go to Australia. People, I like, think you choke me. Like, which? What would you rather do? Stay in Mayo and kick a ball in front of two hundred people, or go off to Australia and be a professional sports person and get paid a few quid to uh, kick a ball in the sun and be a professional athlete all day, every day? It's like come over the fog you know? So, you have a bit of perspective.
0: You know? I'm actually yeah. loving Sarah's. Uh, do you follow Sarah on Twitter or Instagram, Sarah? Yeah. Do, oh, yeah. she's so funny. Like, like, I love like, so some of, Yeah, different. they put up everything. Like, herself and Ashley. Now, we know Ashley Sheridan very well. Ashley's from Mullahorn And I just think it's brilliant. And yes, you know, I kind of go, oh, gosh, I'd love to live like that. But they're also kind of promoting it. And they're so proud of being Irish. Yeah.
1: Like, Orla O'Dwyer in particular, like, um and Anna, Ash Ashmack, like, they've these two of the tip girls gone out yeah. who I know very well. And just following their stories, like, I was only chatting to Orla. Um, there yesterday or the day before, after their game against. Uh, We're
0: going to talk Weston. about that after, yeah.
2: Yeah,
1: but like I was just, I, I, was, I was just saying, there, I was like, the interest that I'm after getting in uh, the AFL now yeah. was ridiculous, and it was gas because I said to Orla, um, "Oh, I, I'm picking up the rules slowly but surely by watching it all." And the first thing she said to me was, "Please don't watch me if you're trying to learn the rules because I don't know <laughs> what's going on." <laughs> <laughs>
0: would you have done? Would you do something like that, Sarah?
1: Oh, Jesus, I I want to get back on the hurling field and the football field first. But it's definitely like, who would not want to be a professional, play a professional, like, for a game? So it's definitely something that all sports players would Mm. be probably lying if they said that they didn't dream of doing something that you, like, we've been saying before, love and enjoy and getting a few few quid for it (laughs) as well.
0: Sully. We'll go back to the intercounty scene, and a lot has been made recently about Kilkenny's unusual team selections. How do new managers react to that?
2: Yeah, um, it was yeah, it was an unusual enough team selection, I suppose, uh, mainly because of who wasn't in it. I suppose as opposed to any um, anything against uh, players who were in it. Um, was well, there was no no Anne Dalton, no Katie Power. Uh, no Grace Walsh, like Joe kinda of stalwart to the, the you know I did see a photo on Instagram of Katie Power with mm-hmm. big massive cast on her hand, whatever happened there, so that obviously I presume accounts for that. But um yeah I suppose like like what we talked about earlier on, like they like came into UL and I suppose it, it like it things have been done a certain way for a long time. It's a tricky one for a manager to to balance, I suppose. Um you kinda don't want to reinvent the wheel to a certain extent because obviously it's been successful and obviously Brian was involved with Anne and, and with Anne Downey and they got the three finals in a row and they won one and like so they're always competitive so do they really need to change much? But I suppose at the same time you're not being true to yourself if you don't put your own stamp on it so um, I suppose that's the balance that they I know from talking to people in Kikini I was involved in Kikini for a year myself that I suppose maybe the one accusation that had been thrown at Downey was that she didn't develop enough talent um, Many
0: counties uh, have you been with? Jesus He gets around Doesn't he Sarah
2: uh, 6 or
1: 7
2: I bet <laughs> uh, Hurlers Wesley Hurlers uh, Cara Who uh, else Tib No not Tib
0: Oh Don't want you Don't want you to.
2: Had about four and a half weeks As the manager Of the off the Camogie team But we had uh, Cultural differences <laughs> it didn't quite work out, so. so. yeah, I don't know if I can count them or not.
0: Yeah, no, in fairness, uh, it is something different going up to yeah.
2: Yeah, look, the Limerick lads are hard to get along with, you we know, sure. We'd want to be doing foam roll and, and then prehab and injury prevention and all that kind of stuff. That doesn't really wash it in the Midlands, you know, So um But yeah, look, the. Uh, yeah, so I suppose Brian is kind of caught there, like. But they, there's a couple of interesting tests that we spoke about last year after the All Ireland final. had uh, only won two Ireland in. Or three, sorry, they won three Irons in 13 years. They were a minor senior, and intermediate. And I was the minor team that won in 2015, the only player who had come true was Kellyanne Doyle. And out the intermediate team that won in 2016, the only, uh, not, not a single player had come true. Whereas Galway had won the intermediate, or Ireland in 2013, and had six of that team playing uh, on the, uh, in September, in the team that won the Ireland. So it just looked like that there was a clear pathway there for Galway, and I think Cork are the same. Uh, and Tip are starting to get that way there. And I, was, I know there have been a lot of young players on their panels, but it just seemed that the development wasn't quite there. Mm. Um, and now Katie Mullen who was who was the of the year in 2016 for the intermediates, is getting her chance now with Brian four years later. And you'd be just kind of wondering, like, so where was the development path for her there? Like, you know, like four years after the best player in the intermediates, have they missed the boat with her. And I had a great time for Katie, she was one of our best players that year, but. Like so so I so suppose maybe that's what Brian's trying to do. He's trying to give young players a chance and like he had named an experimental team and I suppose it's probably a signal of intent really that they're probably aiming at the aiming at the summertime and having a strong panel for the summertime and not sacrificing the league, but maybe willing to take the hit a little bit on the league if the experimentation doesn't really work out, you know. But it is it's definitely a balancing act for managers when you come in over a team that has been reasonably successful like you you have, you know.
0: Yeah, exactly. Looking at the league, Sarah, and I know we've only started the Littlewoods Division 1 but um, how do you think the league will go when you look at Group 1 I suppose after the first round of games you know Cork obviously should. what they made of um, you've got Kenny, Clare, Waterford, Offaly and Cork in that group Yeah so the
1: league is that bit like different this year in that every game you have, you're going out to have to win it so you're looking at teams who have lost already, because if you, it's Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's the top from each. Uh, yeah. Group has going through to a league final, so. Yeah. In this case, like if you're already after losing a game, are you taking the rest of the league as? Yeah. Like we've been saying, like trying out players, and then for the teams that are, competing and want to get to the final, is it going to be a little bit lethargic in a way in their approach to it? So it'll be interesting to see by the end of it if it if it works out. Um, if it's going to kind of turn into, a, 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 like, kind of it has like, um, a two-horse, one-horse race in some of the groups, like if Cork is going to stay sailing through and winning, um, I don't know if Kenny will have something to say about that as well. Um, and then on the other side, um with, uh, Galway and different mm-hmm. things. So like, it is going to be interesting, uh, to see and if it's something that's going to be, to look, to be looked at next year. But you're kind of looking straight away from the results so far that it's, it's those big three that are, 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 going yeah. to be without Kim Kenny even have played a game yet, but that are probably going to be at the end of it, um, already. They just seem to be like the scores that Cork were putting up, like at this time of the year is, it, is phenomenal. Like when you look to the different games that were happening during the year, like, or during the last two weeks, it's just not, not the same. And like, teams have to be looking at that being like, that's where we need to get to, like, a score. And what was the scored against Waterford? It was, um, 118, it? 118, is that? yeah. Something like, that's massive scoring. Like, at this time, no matter what time of the year it is in Camogie, that's massive scoring. And like, you need to be getting to that level. And if they're, if they're putting out strong teams at this uh, time of the year, um, definitely Cork at the moment, like, are, are the ones that you'd be looking at, that we're chasing, kind of.
0: What about yourself, yeah. They're,
2: they're looking, yeah, they're looking to merge out of the pack. Like I suppose um, maybe Cork had, had neglected underage for a long time and they went, they went, the minor grade changed from 16 to 18 about 10 years ago and since it changed they hadn't won one. Um, but they've got their act together now. They've the last two one or two of the last three one anyway. Um, and you can see those players starting to come through, like Laura Hayes, Saoirse McCarthy, those kind of players. And they're, they're top class Um so it does look like the like is dealing towards the summer as well. I think Galway have no choice but to go and try and win the league because they need as many competitive games as they can. They're probably in the weaker or group um, in the championship and like the reality is if they get to the league final, whether they end up in a quarter final or semi-final of the championship, they'll probably only have two games that are going to test them in the whole season and they're going to have to try and get to that league final and maximise that as well. As you know. so, um, yeah, it does look like it's going to be the big three um again this year I suppose the interesting thing would be to see who comes out of the pack maybe and tries to put their hand up to be the fourth, you know.
0: It is going to be really, really interesting, and obviously, you know, with the with the whole new rules. We're gonna look at our Twitter questions for the week. And um Sarah, there was stuff made of the Wales rugby ladies team that after the game against um Ireland that um they'd had to have cold showers, you know. I've seen it happen in club games here and that. Is that something that happens, you know, in intercounty camogie? I suppose maybe an odd club game and that. But obviously, when you look at um international, it's not great.
2: Yeah, look. I suppose there's there's two there's two things I took out of this anyway. The first thing was like. I think maybe so, and probably you should be careful saying this I suppose name was the only male on the, on the line at the moment but I think sometimes there is a bit of a a poor, a poor us kind of an attitude in women's sports sometimes when these things happen right I'm not saying all the time like obviously there was a problem with the
0: will we lynch them will we the <laughs> no, <I'm not>. yeah.
2: <laughs> but there was a look, yeah. there was a problem with the with the plumbing system in the ground right so it happened that there was cold showers if it was a male game that was on at 2 o'clock on the Sunday the same thing would have happened yeah. so I'm not too worried about that what I will say about what happened was, in fairness to everybody involved in women's rugby, they came straight out and said it was a disgrace, whether they were right or wrong, but they stood up for themselves and they're like, look, this cannot happen, this is a joke, what's going on here, right? I suppose if you counteract that with what happened in the Limerick Tip game in the Camogie two weeks ago, um, I saw a discussion, uh, Darrell Cahur who works for the Komogi Association is a freelance reporter so guy oh, so I'm not going to say it to Darrell after this and this is not anything to do with you but he made a comment on Twitter there was an article saying that it was a major controversy that the score was wrong in the game or that the two teams didn't know what the score was and he was arguing that it wasn't a major controversy and that the Komogi Association had handled it well and I was just thinking, I just came across it and I was like, is this really the standard that we're willing to accept in Komogi like that that two teams can walk off the field in a senior Division 1 National League game not knowing what the score was and that someone could stick up for them and say it wasn't a major controversy like, you know, like is that really the standard that we're willing to accept? is that the minimum standard we set for our Kamoges day and like that's, that's the kind of thing, that's the reason that, that I would have got involved in this kind of stuff with Tom is because I suppose like, I think the players are kind of sick of the coverage that's out there that, mm. you know, like in prediction, in previews for games, nobody ever predicts who's going to win it. Are we afraid to hurt their feelings? Just say who's going to win the game. Joe, you know, if, if the two teams walk off the field and nobody knows what the final score is, that's not okay. So it is a controversy and like, it's not a go at Andrew Larkin, the referee or anything like that, but there was no explanation of it. Just oh we reviewed the game and tip one.
0: Yeah. So what
2: happened? So no, who's taking accountability for it? Did someone apologize to the players? Did someone apologise to the managers? And it's just like this is okay. It's like it's not okay, I'm sorry. So, so fair play to the Rugby to the Rugby people. Whether they were right or wrong for having a go, at least they did it. And they, they highlighted the they highlighted what was wrong. But like, is that the minimum standard we gotta accept in I don't know. I don't think it's good enough.
0: Um, your county actually was involved in that game, Sarah. I do agree with Sully that it was basically a case of we reviewed it. here's the score instead of admitting I think if they were honest what happened, people might have felt wouldn't well, you know well done.
1: Yeah, um, that's it, like it was just, uh, that, that day was so strange, like you were saying, it was just walking off the pitch, not knowing what was happening, in the dressing room with the team, okay, surely by the time everybody has changed and we're walking out, we will know what is happening. Walk, getting food, still not knowing what is happening, looking for videos to look that we have recorded to get sent to Croke Park to be assessed, and it was like, do you not have a video of this? Like, why are you looking from our sports, um, from our uh, staff person to get this video? And it was just very, very strange feeling like that. Like I was kind of saying, like, previously, that you take this professionalism that you're getting in third level and different things and bringing it on. And this was just something, it nearly, like, brings back the memory of that fine cost um, between Dublin and Clare a few years ago for a position. And it's kind of like is this going to happen every few years that there's going to be these things that you nearly feel like when you're watching Reeling in the years in a few years time that it's going to be like do you remember that time cough happened or do you remember this Megan um, the, we didn't know who won the match and we were walking off and it's just it's not good enough like and it needs it, something needs to be happened there and then that yes. the video was either watched straight away or like a, a number of people have said that there was a Second, third, fourth official that was keeping the score, and it just it can't happen. And it, we just need to be making sure when we go out that we meet in high standards um, all the time because it's just not good enough. Like, and from a fifth point of view, and from a Limerick point yeah. of view, like you see it from both sides, and um, it, it, it's just it, it, you can We can't stay having these. Um, little things that are getting caught up in the papers and and not focusing on what we want to focus on, which is um, promoting Komogi and not promoting the Pharisees that are happening.
0: You want to have the positive stories you mentioned yeah. earlier on uh, Orla Dwyer and actually someone tweeted in what do we think of Orla Dwyer's debut and for anyone who doesn't know Orla she's a Tipperary dual star and she's playing out in Australia she's playing uh, AFL football Brisbane Lions and she actually scored a great goal with her first touch did you see it Sarah
1: yeah I did um, I made sure the minute <laughs> when you wake up in the morning and you know the matches are on yeah. say, we're a few hours behind like first thing I'd be doing is going on to see whether it be Ash Mack um, Arlo Dwyer or whoever onto all these different sites yeah. to try and get a clip of them and um, sure it was the most trademark Arlo Dwyer score I've ever seen in my life once he gets onto that left foot like God bless anybody who gets in her way like so it was it was so nice to see like you were saying previously like Arlo would be very like Sarah and. uh to be promoting um, a lot of what she's doing and you can see all the work that she's putting in and the condition that she's in is absolutely incredible like and just to see it paying off like to that level that she's able to come on and with her first touch like what confidence like how like she's 20 20, she's been 21 yet like it's crazy to come on in a professional sport like that first touch the ball and have the bottle to go over that goal like it was it was really cool to watch now and you can see like the kind of camaraderie that's there when yeah. she has to score, and it seems really like that she's just in a culture now that is a home away from home. And once in one
0: sense, Sully, did you see it? And I have to say as well, Sarah, that the coverage that they get is unreal. And I suppose for them as athletes, they're delighted to get that coverage.
2: Yeah, big time. I suppose. Look, it's professional sports, so you're going to expect that higher right. standard as well. As you all, know. but yeah, of course, I watch it. Like, I suppose. Like U L is a GA club, you know, and like we're very proud of I suppose any people that well, Orla has graduated, she's only two years on, so she might come back to at some stage. But <laughs> throw the likes of Orla and when you see like, the likes of Danish Considine and whether Deemer Considine playing the rugby and draw you know, like say like Sarah graduated last year, so you'd be looking out for her this year as well and just throw caught and needs her and bosses and like it's it's a community down there, so like you're always very proud of uh, of the people who move on from it and, and do well for themselves. So of course you'd be watching out for what they're doing, and yeah, it was class. And like I suppose, like I can only imagine the condition Orla's in because last year she missed the Ashburn due to injury. She just about missed it. If it was a week later, she probably would have would have maybe been okay for it. But two weeks after that, uh, she came on in the O'Connor final, having been out for the whole pretty much for the whole of the winter and absolutely tore it up. And I just couldn't believe it, it was my first time really seeing her up close. as like for her to reach that level of performance with so little training done I was like she's a special athlete and like I can only imagine um, as Sarah said, I, I haven't seen any of the work she's been doing. I was following Instagram now and see and get an insight okay. into it but I'd say, like, putting her into a professional environment would turn her into a scary prospect to be up against. And, James, she might come back. She might come back for the weekend. Actually, if there's anyone.
1: Yeah, I was just <laughs> I, I think I heard actually that she was from recently following her on Instagram. I think she was just in the airport, so I don't know what yeah, happened there. Yeah,
2: yeah. So, look, in centre forward, so the opposition should be aware. In she goes. Yeah, no, that. And Ailish Constantine is doing deadly as well, like, and no look it's great to see it look we are very proud of them so if, if there's any Monday off chance that they're listening keep it up we're all definitely keeping an eye on you over there
0: Um, also our final question and if anyone has any questions for um ourselves on sports talk Camogie related just um tweet us or even send it um, DM guys Sarah first and then I'll, I'll, I'll ask you Sully when games are called off like obviously at the weekends and I have to say fair play to the Camogie Association for doing it so promptly how does it affect players Sarah? Um, I suppose
1: it depends what kind of stage Mm. you're at like um, probably when I was younger it might have like I I, I might not took it so well and I'd be thinking um, when is it on again I, I this, this kind of thing but when you kind of get a little bit older you have to adjust to these things, and I suppose you kind of have to say it to the rest of the team but you do like especially for a, a league game you just kind of have to reassess and, and get back on it but you kind of know yourself in situations like this but whether conditions you have a fair idea yourself that they're going to be called off but you'd rather it be called off than go out and play in conditions like yeah. they have been like this weekend so like you said The promptness of it is what's key, and being like the way it was called off so um, promptly on the Saturday or the Sunday morning, very early, it gives players that chance like to whatever, like spend their day like in a more productive way and not just waiting around, kind of a thing, and go and whether be training or whatever. But it's just about knowing in time, I suppose, um, is the most important thing I think from a player and manager's point of view.
0: Sully, as a manager,
2: yeah, just the same as that, I suppose. At this time of the year, especially, it's not going to make too much difference. There's no teams uh, tapering their preparation for a league game. Most of the counties will train through it up to the Tuesday, maybe the Thursday in some cases. So, look, it's not going to make much of a difference. Maybe in the summertime, if you're tapering your preparation towards a specific game or a specific time period, maybe we'll throw that off a little bit. But I suppose the thing you have to remember as a manager is the guy in the opposite campus in the exact same position. So, look... Yeah, it doesn't really make any difference, Janice. Like It's just it's just one of those things that happens this time of the year, you know?
0: Listen, guys, thank you so much for the chat. Thank you so much, Sarah. And listen, best of luck with your recovery. Sully, we wish you the best of luck on Saturday and all the other teams playing much. at the weekend. And, sir, we will chat to you next week. So, until then, slán go full.